0: Hello and welcome to the BSG podcast where we have to record twice because I'm a fuck up and I'm with my beautiful co-host who helps me out with this bullshit. Quinn, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. If you do not know who we are, we're an informative bi-weekly podcast focused on gaming news and discussions on Mondays we go for the news for the week covering... Everything gaming, without the BS. And on Wednesdays, we pick a juicy topic or game to review and give our half-informed opinions. If you have half-informed opinions of your own, you can tweet us them on Twitter at BS Gamers Podcast. And if they want to do anything else for us, Chase, what
0: can they do? Well, they can send their non-malformed opinions uh, to rate and review us on their local. Whatever the fuck would they do it? their their iTunes, their Spotify <laughs>
1: podcast platform. <laughs> it's a
0: podcast platform. I don't know the difference. Okay. Uh, yeah, on the I heard that there's one called Podbean that Quinn mentioned when there's we recorded Podbean, this the first you got time
1: Podcasts, you got Spotify, you got Google Play Store. Wherever you listen to fine quality podcasts like this, you can leave us a review. It would be very well earned. <laughs> maybe not, but it would be very well appreciated. And uh, if, it, if you don't think we earned a review from you, you can tweet us at BS Gamers Podcast on Twitter and tell us the reasons why we need to improve and how we can improve, and we'll try to implement your suggestions. Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll do it. Just <laughs> we'll, don't give we'll us think a bad about review. <laughs> Alright, right. are you ready to get on into the news? Let's get right into
1: the news. So first off, we have game releases of the last week, and there's a lot of them, so hold on tight. First, we're going over the PC game releases of the week. We have Earth Defense Force Iron Rain. We have Out Buddies. We have Grandia HD Remaster. Disco Elysium, which I've heard is actually a really cool game. Chernobylite. Little Big Workshop. The Beast Inside. Demon Pit.
0: Manifold Garden. And Infliction. Coming out on Switch, we have, ooh, Overwatch and The Witcher 3 Wild. Oh, damn, this is a this is some good releases. Little Town Hero, which we talked about on E3, A Hat in Time, and Ring Fit Adventure.
1: For PS4, we have Outer Wilds. For Xbox One, we have Soul, Stella, and Eternal Blade 2. And for Android, we have Bad North. Now we have a bunch of random stuff coming out all over the place. Why don't you start with the first chunk, Chase?
0: All right. We got Just Ignore Them, The Fisherman Fishing Planet, Children of Morda, Planescape Torment Enhanced Edition, Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip, which I'm really surprised that there's a game for that, right? It's, it's just weird. Well, yeah. We'll see if it's any good. Okay. Uh, Boulder's Gate Enhanced Edition, and Ping Redux.
1: Um, Some more. We have the Jackbox Party Pack 6, Monkey King Hero is Back, Kine, Felix the Reaper, Stranded Sails, Explorers of the Cursed Islands, Sea Salt, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, and Pig Eat Ball.
0: Now, would we say cursed or cursed? (laughs) Anyways, moving on. Uh, We have Ice Age, Scratch Nutty Adventure. Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition. Don't buy that game. Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Maybe buy that game. <laughs> Return of Obradin. Definitely buy that game. Yeah. <laughs> Driven Out, Megaquarium, and Warbital.
1: That was a lot of games, a lot of things for gamers to play. But moving on to the news for the week, we're going to start off with the Stadia Founders Edition. It's set to come out November 19th and comes with the UltraCast or Chromecast Ultra, sorry, and the Stadia wireless controller. The catch is that the controller will only be able to connect to the Chromecast Ultra and no other device. During the announcement, a disclaimer stated at launch, wireless play with the Stadia controller is only available on TV using a Chromecast Ultra. So ultimately what that means is that it sounds like if you're trying to use Stadia on anything else, let's say like Google Chrome, maybe your TV has a Google Chrome app, uh, you will not be able to use the controller. You need to have the Chromecast Ultra to play with their controller.
0: Um, and then I guess to add a little bit more is that you can play it tethered, is what seems to be the thing. Is like you'll oh have using to... yeah wired connection, but not wirelessly. Correct. No, not yeah. wireless. Yeah. Analog Pocket is set to release sometime in 2020, which allows you to play some of your favorite titles from the Game Boy series to games such as the Game Gear, Atari Lynx, and etc. with an adapter. The Analog Pocket plays the game without any form of emulation, allowing the games to be played as intended. As well as the Analog Pocket is going to connect with your TV with its accessory, as well as having Bluetooth-slash-wired controller support. So basically, this is sounding like a Switch here also comes with built-in synthesizers and sequencers for making digital music um, do you know anything about music Quinn to understand what that means because I, I don't have a lot of information about what that could mean I think it's trying to say
1: that it it's allowing for like true 8-bit noise to come through
0: that or was 16-bit yeah that was my guess thinking like it would probably be related to music from that time period that you can make cool right stuff i think
1: it's sense. trying to emulate exactly how things
0: would sound instead of like coming
1: through an hdmi cable okay etc
0: it'll also be providing a developers kit to allow the development community to make their own games uh for its platform or i guess system as well as help port other classic games sounds kind of interesting yeah actually i kind of want it <laughs> bye for my birthday <laughs>
1: Oh, God. So, NBA 2K20 has come out in September. And apparently, it is now the best-selling game of the year so far. It just instantly came out, and then, boom! Top-selling game of the year so far, of 2019. The NPG Group also announced that Take-Two's NBA NBA 2K20 had the biggest launch success of any previous sports game And with its release, it has made NBA 2K the sixth largest franchise in gaming history with like a a, a quote on that with full game dollars. I don't know what that means. Chase doesn't really know what that means either. But we looked into it.
0: I put some asterisks.
1: Yeah, we'll put asterisks around it. We don't know exactly if that's accurate. um, But when we did look into it, NBA 2K20 is indeed the top game of the month and year to date. But the franchise isn't even close to the sixth largest franchise in gaming history. So the the asterisk is around whatever full game dollars means. But I still find it pretty interesting, and maybe we'll talk about in this discussion, that uh, the game is doing insanely well, especially since there's uh, rising tensions around the NBA and China at the
0: moment. And then remember the whole debacle that we had about its um, loot boxes?
1: Right, but no, no one seems to care no about
0: China or loot
1: boxes. Eh, NBA is, is fine, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I can actually talk about a little bit about how interesting uh, sports video games are because uh, of some books I was reading when we get to the discussion. So it'll be Sounds fun to good? talk about. Moving on, we got that Xbox One is adding basically new filters to help curb, I guess, what you see in games so like when you get an activity feed when you get private messages from your friends random uh internet randos you know whatever whatever you want to call them you can now filter it in such a way that uh, you can create it on a friendly level a medium level mature or if you're like quinn and me unfiltered we don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so basically, Xbox is coming out with these new filters, and it allows you to do a lot of customization. It allows you to, when you uh, talk to friends, you can actually individualize if they can have a filter or non-filter option. And then one of the, I think the interesting things that comes out with this is that the adult accounts will stay as is, but child children accounts uh, accounts um, who are I guess under the children. I guess style, you know, like how PS4 does it with child child accounts. Um, yeah, you basically have be... a
1: parent account, and you can open child accounts for your yeah, children. It's, yeah. it's
0: it's it's weird to me, but in other in a different way, not what I'm talking about. Um, but basically, yes, they will have, be at the highest filtering level by default, so you have to change that if you want to fix it.
1: In other news, Fortnite introduces a new chapter in their gaming universe, rather than a new season, so going on to season 11 or 12, whatever it is, I think it's 11, so after the black hole incident, they decided, we're doing a whole new chapter. Fortnite is now revamped, and a lot of things have changed. So after 36 hours of downtime, Epic introduced a new map, new mechanics to the game as well, such as swimming, fishing, and motorboats, which is another vehicle. Um, Fortnite also introduced bots into the non-competitive scene in order to help the player's skills improve in the game without being crushed. Over time, the numbers of bots decreases so as you get better and will include more and more live players. So interesting changes coming to Fortnite. We'll see where this takes us in the future.
0: Yeah, be, uh, and they're doing so well right now. Like ever since that uh, black hole and just the downtime, how much people really wanted to uh, play it. I was listening to another podcast and how they were saying that, uh, in Pornhub, uh, the, (laughs) whoa, that's a chump. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. The Fortnite, the, the number of Fortnite, uh, lookups increased by like nine, one thousand nine hundred fifty seven percent since during that time period that Fortnite was down. Wow. Isn't that fucking interesting?
1: (laughs) Wow. Actually another interesting thing and maybe we'll, we'll, this will become part of a discussion on this, but, um, essentially a lot of people were bringing to mind that people were having basically withdrawals from Fortnite and it was people were talking about gaming addiction and how this like is a is proof that gaming addiction is a thing because people would be couldn't play a game for 36 hours and were like going crazy and I looking up that. Fortnite porn like come on
0: <laughs> it's a pretty funny uh, statistic for sure yeah depression is also a funny statistics <laughs> Moving on, we have that Switch is hitting a new milestone in North America and they sold 15 million units as well as having 14 first-party Nintendo Switch games selling more than 1 million units and four of them hitting at least 6 million. So that's really good with them. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate set sales records for their respective franchises, becoming the fastest-selling games to date. And, you know, that, that I can believe, unlike the NBA 2K one. Uh, because uh, right. they they said it for their respective fr- for Nintendo, essentially. Right. Although on honest honesty, I mean they're the only they, they don't go past Nintendo. Now that I think about it, Mario Kart Eight and Super Smash no. Right, so it's, <laughs> it's going to be on Nintendo anyways. Uh, to compare this to their Wii U, and I added this little bit because I just thought it was funny. The Wii U sold thirteen point five six million consoles worldwide while the switch sold 37 million over that worldwide
1: i don't think that's all that surprising <laughs> the wii u wasn't as successful
0: as the it, wii. it was a failure right but it's such a big difference and the fact that in uh, north america they sold 15 million already and right. you know the wii u you know they had they had years to sell it it's just right it's sad
1: well, anyways, moving on, we're going to be doing a little bit of an update on the Blizzard Blitzchung, Hong Kong versus China incident. Um, due to the big news last week surrounding the Blizzard controversy, Blizzard has done some major damage control. Uh, Chase was surprised that Overwatch launched on Switch last week. Um, and the reason why he didn't probably know that was Blizzard pretty much canceled all promotion for Overwatch on Switch, especially their huge launch party that was set to be taking place in New York City, they canceled it. They canceled everything. They didn't want to talk about it um, because it was essentially giving players a venue to come talk about Hong Kong, etc. Blizzard also removed their May statue. Mei is a character from Overwatch that was becoming popular with the online Hong Kong supporters. So they removed the character statue from their storefront because May was being associated with the Hong Kong protests. In addition to this, Blizzard, um, besides them making moves to try and do damage control, people have also made moves of their own. So two senators and three members of Congress have sent a formal letter to Blizzard urging them to take a stand against China's intimidation tactics. Protesters have also made their own pushbacks as a rally is set to go off during BlizzCon 2019, which starts at the beginning of next month. There have also been other protests, especially online, and Blizzard has tried to squelch some of these folks online, with Twitch chatters being silenced or banned from Blizzard-promoted streams, and competitive players being punished similar to Chung for pro- promoting or pro- for protesting during tournament play. So there was an instant where three university players um, put up a sign that pretty much said the same thing that Chung was talking about. You know, support Hong Kong, freedom for Hong Kong. And they were given a a similar punishment to that of Blitzchung. Initially, they weren't. And so they made a whole complaint about why are we punishing the Hong Kong player but not other players from protesting? This is some sort of, like, this even proves that Blizzard is more pro-China and is more about silencing Hong Kong rather than silencing the rest of the world. But Blizzard was quick to just punish those players anyways. And then, then their outcries are that now <laughs> no actually they were like we're glad we got punished equally. Oh, okay we're, we're, we're glad that there was at least equal punishment and blizzard is punishing everyone to the same degree so that's pretty much the blizzard
0: blitz chung blitz chung update um moving on yeah we have our last piece of news um so in this last piece of news it's more of just like a conversation that a reporter had with struthers who is the founder of devolver studio And he's basically calling for a reset over the developments that have been happening between Epic Games and Valve over like, oh, one is uh, taking all the indie games and is exclusive or, oh, the other one has better rates for developers and they can make more money off of it. And so Struthers, who has been in the industry for years, is saying that while this is true, um Steam has been a very good platform for video gaming. They've been very transparent, accurate and straightforward with everything that they do along with cutting their checks to developers always being on time. Like I guess uh, struthers talked about in previous years uh growing up in this time period uh with with the video game industry there would be stores and storefronts uh and I guess other retailers not retailers sorry um the industry, where they would not pay you for uh, for making your games, or even even worse, or I guess slightly less worse, they would uh, pay you very late. Whereas with Steam, they've been very good about that. He also explained how Steam basically set the precedent to giving seventy percent of the revenue to uh, developers. Uh, you were lucky, I guess, back then to even get 25% uh, percent of the check. So that's a very big difference in how much revenue that Steam was getting, giving as compared to um, other stores. So he's also went on to talk about the drama between exclusivity rights and how people are all butthurt about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And saying that, look, this has always been a thing since the dawn of time where Uh, games are exclusive and maybe they won't come out on any other platform and quinn and i argue about this all the time but i gotta say it's really not that hard at least in the epic standpoint to just get a new launcher or to get a new launcher on any platform uh to play a game as compared to like playstation switch or i guess playstation nintendo and xbox so yeah some some interesting little tidbits about that well, maybe we'll have to have a little discussion on it, and uh, <laughs> I can kick and scream. You can kick and scream and kick my ass because I'll eventually you'll you'll make a better argument than me, and I'll just stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to the discussion.
1: Yeah, let's take a little bit of a break. We'll be back in a second to give our opinions on some bullshit.
0: back all right so we have i think three topics that we kind of want to talk about i think the biggest one of the three is going to be when we talk about um devolver because we have very peculiar peculiar stances especially with games and stuff like that in general and how they come out but let's start with a, a little more uh light-hearted one you could say but um very controversial at the same time uh stadia will not exactly be wireless well it will be sorry, wireless but sorry, you have the to have a,
1: <laughs> yeah the, the controller will be wireless but you got to have that chromecast ultra if you want to play wirelessly I, I mean i'm seeing um, a lot of
0: asterisks here <laughs> 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 um so basically as we were talking about earlier the stadia controller will only be wireless uh, at launch um, with the chromecast now the good ultra chromecast specifically now the good news is that when you get the founders edition which i don't know if you actually bought went on and bought that quinn did you decide not to i have not
1: yeah well so the thing is too is is with this is that stadia's model is you don't get anything for free <laughs> you know so you have to like buy into the the founders program and then you have to buy games so it's just another platform to buy things on Um, so no i'm not
0: interested (laughs) yeah fair enough okay i I get your point i was like wait what is he trying to get at? this uh yeah so the uh controller specifically will have to be tethered if you want to play on a streaming device such as your phone or your tablet so that's another thing that's a that's a little fuck it would be nice if you actually bought the uh um founder's edition and it came with a tether to your your phone or your tablet or something um well the other interesting thing too
1: is that if you buy a third-party thing that will pair with any device, like just some random Bluetooth controller, will it even work with Stadia, or will Stadia is Stadia only looking for its controller?
0: One of the arguments they were saying is that if you want to play the games at the best possible, like late quality, late quality with lack of latency, I guess you with, need the Chromecast. Yeah, know, not just the Chromecast, but the Stadia controller.
1: Right, you want that package. You want that Founder's Edition.
0: Yeah. And so if that's their their case, then I guess... And if it's true, then I guess there's nothing we can do and you have to get that stuff or essentially get the Founder's Edition. Like this Founder's Edition, I, I've, I've heard from other people, like this sounds kind of like early access. It doesn't seem mm. complete when you're getting mm. these things. And uh, it just... But that that is what a founder's edition is, arguably, is that you are you are
1: promoting the initial launch of something.
0: But it doesn't even feel that great. <laughs> At right. least, but I guess maybe that's you know when the fr- PlayStation One came out. I mean, that's kind of like how it was. It wasn't that great when it started. I mean, any platform when it came out probably wasn't that great when it started technically. But well, um, PlayStation had 3D rendered graphics. That was insane. It was insane, but they didn't have that great of games when it first started. A lot of the games. Right. Sucked.
1: But this is a, I and, think this is a total different thing. Stadia has all games that are coming out everywhere else. Yeah. So they're in, a just, they're in a different area. Yeah. They're in a different
0: era now. That's why I'm saying it's not quite a, a comparison. Um, and I know, like, you know, PlayStation, just for an example, when it first came out, like its pioneer um, game, you could say, was uh, not a Japanese game. I believe it was an American game. It was a uh, Naughty Dogs game. Uh, crash crash bandicoot that really helped uh, make it grow uh, as a console um i was reading that i don't remember if that was i don't think that was the first game that came out it's just it is the mascot you would consider with uh playstation unless can you think of anything else with it spyro spyro was the other one but wait who made that one either as well was that also naughty dog no um fuck if that's also naughty dog damn i think it's the people that
1: made ratchet and clank
0: uh, they're also American-based, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so that's the other. So they, the, <laughs> PlayStation, I remember, they were not Insomniac very happy. games. Insomniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were not very happy with the fact that it was American games that were pioneering the PlayStation, not, not Japanese companies. Right, because it was a Japanese device. Yeah, it makes sense. Anyways, going beyond that, yeah, it's just... I'm really like... Stadia really needs something to, to stick with it, and it just feels like... At least, there's there's no it's reason
1: at yeah. Um, there's no reason at current the current moment in time to go and buy a Stadia unless you have extra money and don't know what to do with it, or you don't want a console. Like if you don't want a console, you don't want a computer. You want to have like a minimalistic setup, and you have money to just throw around, and you have I guess the, the best we- uh
0: wireless internet, uh, internet yeah, in the like, whatever. Like, then okay. I guess, but, I mean, I guess there are people that exist that don't play video games and have ridiculously good internet for their work for downloading, uploading shit. So, but then at the same time, like when I think of those people, those are people who actually play games. <laughs> so
1: This is a really niche market. It's like a
0: extremely small. Yeah. And this is It's Google. like pretty
1: much Google employees that like don't play video games but like want to play video games
0: or something i don't know it's it seems like a a a niche or a niche that doesn't exist that's just my well
1: maybe in 2033 uh then it'll exist yeah
0: when 2020 comes uh, well you know what when it's not 2020 when november 19th comes around you know three days after my birthday yay it'll probably do shit honestly I, I really don't think this will do. I'll well. get you one for your birthday. <laughs> I'll fucking murder you if you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's start talking about Stadia. Stadia is just it, it's just getting worse Whoa. and worse. Me, right? <laughs> uh, this one I'm interested in, and the reason I'm so interested is more than uh, just what it is. So we were talking about earlier the analog Pocket Game Boy, mm-hmm. and so basically this is a. Uh, I guess you could say platform, which is going to allow many different types of games to be played that were, I guess, um, I guess legally, you could say, because so it's uh,
1: essentially like a physical emulator. Yeah, like instead of using an emulation software, it's like the physical hardware version of what an emulator is.
0: And, you know, if you try to find a Game Boy SP, you try to find... And these actually exist. I was actually seeing that there are these Game Boy-like things that other people have created. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is not the first one. Um, but this is, I think, the first one I've heard about that's actually doing it for so many different platforms, which is which is the thing that I really like about it. Right. Is that um, it's trying to be able to... Uh, cater to many to many different uh, handheld platforms uh, also it seems
1: are. that they're they're trying to have some open source like function right where they're giving developer allowing people to get developers kits and then so you can help port other games to the system
0: and I think they actually want to help create games for it as well which I'm actually right yeah so you about. can
1: now make games old style games, And have it be on a physical console,
0: which is pretty cool as well. I think that's the whole thing is pretty an interesting way to go about it. Because I I think the handheld industry is a big thing. I mean, look at Switch. (laughs) Uh, Switch is like fucking rocking it. We already told you about its sales numbers. So to make a platform for, especially I guess like during the Game Boy time, it would be like 2D games. Like that's a market you can get into. Now I'm a little surprised. I guess in some ways, it's not like trying to somehow become an app. You could say, like, Mm. I would be so excited if there was an iPhone app legally. This is because you can you can get it in other ways, um, where you can play your games through that app um, on your iOS or Android. That that would be so fucking awesome. But I mean, this is just for now, especially. This is just as great. To be able to actually have a physical piece of hardware that can play all these uh, old games that you have uh, lying about right. that you can't play anymore because your Game Boy Advance SP broke or you lost it, or some bullshit like that.
1: And it's like the all-in, like especially for like collectors or something, right? Where they don't want to be using their consoles all that much. Oh yeah, to keep to
0: make sure it's uh, to keep
1: things pristine or whatever. Yeah. Like then they can actually use this as a way to play games without having to touch their pristine consoles or whatever
0: and i guess i mean it's that's slightly not a strong case because what about the games themselves if they no right
1: it's not, not a strong but i I know there are a bunch of people even me in some sense that have like just old games around that are never going to touch them but some people
0: like if i was you mm-hmm. and had old games around i know you would play them. Uh, this is something i would do um yeah i would like to take this a little bit further um i would love it if if I wanted to have a handheld device that I could somehow get a bunch of games on like, let's say a um, hard drive, like a, like Mm -hmm. a small compatible hard drive or a USB flash drive. Let's just Mm -hmm. say that I can connect it to my, um, this analog pocket. It says, Oh, um, oh, yeah, we, these games are completely compatible. We'll just put it straight onto the console and you can start playing it. And then we can even move your save files back to the USB drive after we're done. Yeah, there's no issues with that. That would be something I would love. Because then, right. I mean, I would, it would get to the point, obviously, where you can just download... Uh, emulate, I mean, that's pretty much... You're describing... Emulation games.
1: No, you're, you're describing, like, if the Switch just allowed old games to be
0: put on it. Yeah, I mean that's what it does. It does have right. a lot of the, old games, but so it doesn't it's so it's like w-
1: the argument is why why isn't there money being put towards development and research on like Nintendo to incorporate their old games in a digital way?
0: They do. Nintendo has many, many, many digital versions of NES, S N E S games, and etc.
1: Right, but it's like super, super popular ones. Why not have a system that will automatically take the physical version of the game and rip everything so that it's packaged neatly without having to do all this complicated
0: work? There is a good point there. And I feel like if someone was smarter than me, could come out there and probably say that there is an issue. I bet you there is an issue. Uh, because to me, it sounds like you're getting into the realm where, like, you might as well, like, like not might as well, but there are you can play the games online already by downloading them and using an emulator. Like, it doesn't right. seem like that's that much different. Um, you're just you're just now having the the handheld console portion of it, and so like a lot of that backend stuff that I was talking about is very illegal. Um, right. I know, I know. I know
1: all that, but I'm saying from a monetary point of view why doesn't nintendo create like an official emulator that can rip the games and package them into um package them into apps for the switch (sighs) and make a shit ton of money with just a software that's ripping all these old games a lot of people like old games i I agree i don't understand why they don't and if they had a if, if emulation is that easy which i highly doubt if emulation is as easy as like, look, we own the we own the game. We're just gonna rip the physical copy, have this piece of software. If I'm assuming the hypothetically, it'd be Nintendo putting a bunch of money towards research and development of emulation of its own uh, collection of prior games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does the just...
0: popular ones. I mean, so I guess right, they, they did are the in popular the market. one. Right, so I, I why think,
1: not just do the entire catalog and have any game available that's from Nintendo's catalog?
0: I would, I would like that. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I don't think I would have be playing those games. I think all the pop, the ones I liked in the back in the old days, I could probably just find on the Nintendo Switch Store or something like that. But it right. would be nice. I agree. Like there are people who are especially older than me who played a lot of these games that just you cannot find anymore, um, especially. I'm just thinking about this for in a historical standpoint. Like there are computer games that came out that are really um, game breaking. Like the the way that they changed how games are made because of their, mm, yeah, their industry. But, like defining, yeah. But they don't. They are they're, they're, they're hard to get. They're very hard to get. Like a downloadable version of it, right? Or even a, um, a physical copy. A yeah. physical copy is even more difficult. Um, and so I think more than just the Nintendo aspect, cause like, like I was talking about earlier, this pocket thing could do more than that. It can do it on every, it can do it on like multiple, multiple platforms. It would be great if there was a way to, I guess, accumulate all this knowledge and wealth from video games and its history to being as easy as to just play everything. So right. I, I don't. that's all i can say i just i wish it was a possible thing and not bombarded by copyright and um people who are not out who i don't know i really don't know quinn i couldn't i don't know how to describe it better than that that i wish it was possible
1: well maybe in the future where everyone's brain is uploaded to the cloud we'll be able to play (laughs) anything anywhere at any time
0: we live in the cloud society why doesn't this work we need right it. that that will be super dumb
1: if <laughs> we we live <laughs> we in a society can't even access
0: old stuff. <laughs> we live in a society where like an exobyte or a terabyte, all that isn't that much for big companies. So to be able to have right. all this information on a server and to be able to play them is nothing. Probably costs them nothing. The kilobytes, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can put one little itty bitty uh, quarter server to, to house all this and we'll be perfectly happy it'll, it'll house every single game ever in existence uh, for the last, up to the last ten years well moving on to the <laughs> the big baddie oh, is yes. Devolver
1: is Mr. Struthers Mr. Struthers um, talking about Steam and Epic now okay How do you feel about this? How do you feel about his stance? That's like, hey, everyone should kind of stop complaining because Steam has actually done a really like done a lot of good things um, for the PC marketplace environment, and Epic is doing good things, but they should be both like they're both of them are doing good things, and we
0: shouldn't be trying to make this a war. What do you think about that? See, when you when we we had a prior episode that you guys should all listen to, it's like the Steam versus Epic. Part one. Part one. We'll we'll get to part two someday uh, when actually things shit happens. But, like, (sighs) Steam has done a lot for the community. It has, like, far more than what uh, Epic has at the moment. Right. So... I do agree that in some way Struthers is right that there needs to be a reset, but at the same time, let's say Valve, like Epic, seems to be taking the place of what Valve did ten years ago in a lot of ways. You right. know, if it is true, and I, and it's probably true that Valve was the precedent of when doing digital sales, especially, especially um, that they would only take a thirty percent cut, and that was like groundbreaking back then. Then what Epic is doing right now is doing what Valve did ten years ago, and right? And so it, this is
1: this is I completely agree with this. That, you going to continue. <laughs> oh, sorry, I, I interrupted you. You can continue. No, no,
0: no. You continue. Continue. That's all right. All I so
1: talking. I completely agree with this because basically his argument doesn't make any sense. He's being nostalgic of a period where Steam was the best thing ever. Right And yeah, Valve and Steam made something that altered the course of gaming in terms of uh, PC digital gaming, for sure. But that doesn't mean other companies can come in and redefine that even further. And I think that is, in a way, I feel like he's almost trying to help Steam out like hey steam's not a bad guy but this is a new age right steam has been out or steam has been a thing for almost 20 years like you can't support um, a business model that hasn't adapted and really? i mean they have adapted but in terms of in terms of development developers cut that hasn't
0: really shifted and this might come from our methodology or i guess our culture of like capitalism uh, where you know you have a bunch of competition that has to fight against each other, and you don't want to just keep things as it is, because maybe that's just not how it should be. Because let's let's think about like how things have changed. We talked about in a previous episode as well about digital downloads, and because of that, um, it costs actually a lot less in some ways to make a game. I mean, in a sense. Cause like when you think about all the three D uh, animations and all that jazz that you add into a game, yeah, sure, it, it makes the cost go up. The, distribu- the distribution the distribution of games has pretty much gone to zero, and so uh, because Steam just has to keep a storefront up, maybe they shouldn't take as big of a piece of a pie uh, of the pie from developers. I I mean that's just my that's one argument against it. Um, that maybe thirty percent is too much now. Of how easy it is to have, I guess, like gigabyte storage for the game. How easy it is to get the game. Maybe maybe the percentage should be decreased from thirty to twelve uh, percent. So I
1: don't right. I don't think it should be twelve percent. I think Epic is trying to do like create lots of competition by doing twelve. But maybe thirty is too much, and somewhere in between. Uh, yeah. So, so I think it's it's more like hey, thirty is too much and it should be dropped. I think 12 is is a little bit cutting valve and epic short. Um, AM.
0: and I don't think we can give a number because we'd actually need to research. Right, we don't we don't have volume. the
1: statistics and the the math on any of this, but I mean from a my point of view, Steam houses far more games than Epic. Steam needs like a lot more server space and storage and customer support and developer support. They have to have way more than epic right now and so they are offering developers more things Uh, the only thing they're really not offering is we're going to pay you up front which is epic's sort of exclusivity deal thing is we'll we will pay for your game up front Mm. and if you make additional sales you won't get paid until after you make x amount of sales
0: do you think that's a big thing that should continue on Along with Epic as well, with like being able to pay... I don't, I don't think game, Epic's going to do that forever. I highly doubt it. I think no, that, yeah. that
1: they're trying to make their name in the market for developers, and that's how they're doing it, is, hey, we are going to take away all risk for you. We're, we'll take the risk from you um, for your game. Mm-hmm. So switch to Epic. Now, I don't think that's going to stay forever. I think that'd be ridiculous if they'd keep that forever. Um, I, unless I, they handpick... Unless they act like Nintendo did... In the very beginning, where Nintendo mm-hmm. handpicked which titles went on the platform, if Epic is still is continuing to do that in terms of like, hey, we're gonna start so to like handpick a and curate,
0: service. kind of like a lottery service, but maybe a, a little bit more. Oh, not lottery, more, and...
1: more more, not a lottery, more so curated. Like we will pay, oh, we will curated. take, yeah, eat yeah. eat the cost, but we are handpicking who we want. Um, that that might be a, f- a future in Epic. I don't know, but I think. At the moment, yes, Steam is a huge, giant, huge infrastructure concerns. I'm sure that they have to pay for, and I'm sure that 30% is is partially why it's maintained. That number is that as Steam has grown, they have more costs. That's just how it works. Is like and they and have they to pay for out with good
0: stuff. They do, like we talked about, how they the VR um, system that they came out with. They came out right. with they the have, Steam system, basically arguably everything.
1: the best VR hardware. Uh, to date for consumers um they have a lot of other things they're updating their uh platform they're updating steam uh constantly and they're trying new things and they're being transparent about it and all that stuff which is cool but i think ultimately the shift is you got to drop that percentage down a little bit Mm -hmm. you don't have to match epic but i think in the long run you got to drop it down a little bit things are changing there are um Storefronts where you make significantly more than 80%. So even you are significantly more than like 90%. So even more than what Epic pays you. There are platforms where you can pretty much make 100% of your money. Mm-hmm. So, and I know those aren't big. You have like itchy.io and, and stuff like that. But there are places where you can get that like competitive edge in terms of financial income mm-hmm. or percentage. So I think Steam needs to like move a little bit just to be to maintain their competitiveness because I still think they're competitive, totally competitive against Epic Mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. But I think for developers, as Epic grows, getting uh, 88 percent is a big number compared to 70, especially when you're talking about millions of dollars.
0: So let's go to the last part of that uh, of this article was about exclusivity rights. Right. Right. So I think there is actually quite a bit of drama that's going on about exclusivity rights. I when I first took the stance, I think this is where I was. Quinn, I might flip flop, but let's just <laughs> let's just assume, let's just right. let's just hope this is the correct stance that I, that I took when we first started. Uh, I don't think exclusivity is that big of a deal, at least with a computer. Com- yeah, that, that is your like stance. That. Is that you don't mind the f- the few extra clicks to get to a game? Yeah and i think it's a very big deal when it comes to other platforms of course especially consoles cuz those are very large purchases right. have you have to spend hundreds
1: out. of dollars to actually get the game um you basically have to buy another console if you want yeah. to play that exclusive
0: so i don't personally think it's that that big of a deal and i'm sure there's something i'm missing that you you might want to add about so that.
1: the the main i i agree in that front right games are going to be on different launchers i can't play overwatch on steam and i'm not very upset about overwatch not being able to be played on steam because you like what i am (laughs) right i play that game all the time i go to battle.net it's not a big deal the issues i have with epics exclusivity and i don't know if this is being changed over the next couple months or is even actively being worked on is how they make things exclusive. And now what I mean by that, what I mean by that is several games, especially indie games, that have been excited to play that were originally announced on Steam have been removed from Steam and have been made exclusive and will not go on Steam for another year or so. Mm -hmm. That is what upsets me. Is is uh, timed exclusivity? No like. is is that if if I'm no if I know front, hey, this game is going to release on Epic, and there's no plans to go on Steam. That's one thing, but to announce that your game is going to be released on Steam, and then at the last moment it has been ripped off
0: of Steam, that's what right. gets me upset. And I think I think that that may not happen as often in the future. I know. We did a, we talked about how
1: Steam has like a little thing in their legal agreement that you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, so
0: I think maybe they're hashing out that, like, oh shit, Epic can actually try to steal games. We don't have that policy in our place. We should have that uh, fixed. Maybe right. That's actually I, the reason still, they have it. I still think it's happening. I think it's more for AAA games,
1: right? They're trying to go after Borderlands 3, which was supposed to, it, it originally announced that it was coming out on Steam. Mm hmm. And then they said, no, we're going to go to Epic. Um, You have things like Metro Exodus, which was going to come out on Steam. And now it's now no longer coming out on Steam. And so I think Steam put that or Valve and Steam put that uh, policy in to protect itself from AAA games where it's essentially losing uh, arguably millions of dollars to these last minute swaps. Right. They don't really care about the indie space at the moment. I don't think because they know indie people are like developers of like two or three people. And, like, trying to rip <laughs> and sue hundreds of, uh, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars from two people is kind of an asshole move. So I don't think they're going to put pressure on that. And that is what pisses me off, is that several games, like uh, Untitled Goose Game, was originally going to come out on Steam. And I've been following Untitled Goose Game for a while. Actually, two years ago, I played it. Is this why you at- don't want to buy it? <laughs> potentially yeah it's because it's on epic so two years ago i played it um at day of the devs which is a a small indie like it's it's supposed to be like more for developers but i went anyways in san francisco it's a small indie convention uh, put on by double me, fine son of a bitch <laughs> and um yeah i played it there i actually played several games that were released actually a lot of them didn't do very well but anyways i played it there and looked at it and it looked really interesting like a weird goose game you know like it, it is what it is and they're like yeah we're gonna release on steam that's the plan blah blah blah, blah. I don't even think the epic store existed <laughs> uh maybe it was even almost three years ago but, but I don't think the epic store existed and now it's exclusive to epic which is like what the hell happened man and I get it. I totally get it. They like financially it made way
0: more sense. We had to go to That's Epic. That's a good marketing strategy for Untag. Yeah, it's a good marketing strategy. Uh, for yeah, Untugged and
1: and and the 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 catalog of games they have to compete with on Epic is significantly lower, mm-hmm. and so they immediately became a big hit, and a lot of people now love the game. Um, but yeah, it was like it was kind of like a slap in the face. It was like, damn it! Like I was totally excited for this game, and now they. For logical reasons, they've now pulled the plug on Steam and I think that it's more of like an emotional reaction that I'm having than like a logical one because ultimately yeah if I go to steam if I go to epic, I can get untitled goose game and I can play it and it's no big deal and support no big deal them
0: point. support them.
1: right but I it just it just hurts, man it hurts. <laughs> I was I was kicked in the nuts by a duck foot or a goose goose foot. But I mean, ultimately, the thing is too is that I have been warming up to the Epic Launcher, and I have been buying games on the Epic Launcher, and I'm probably going to buy more games. I'm probably going to get Untitled Goose Game. I'm
0: probably going to get What the Golf. Yeah, we um, need to I, uh, record Control at some point. Um,
1: yeah, we need we need to talk about Control, which was also exclusive to the Epic Game <laughs> Store. Um, was that also from big... Steam? I don't think it was originally
0: announced on. Oh, it could. I don't remember. It should have. Had, it should have been because I mean. It's not like well, the no. Game I think I don't four remember four-year development in... cycle, and then the last year. No, only a one-year development cycle. It was years, right? But they
1: they d- put teaser trailers up, but I don't believe those teaser trailers had at the end where it would be launched.
0: Mm. I wonder if they had talks with Epic uh, when There's Fortnite was launched, yeah. and then doing There's really potential. well. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, I think that's it for our conversation, Quinn. I think, yeah. I think we're, we're at a point where I'm running out of time and I need to go do shit. And it sounded like a good place to stop. <laughs> I agree. Guys, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We hope you reach us out on Twitter and share your opinions. You know, talk about Blitzchung. Talk about Devolver, your opinion about Steam versus Epic. You know, there's so much shit to talk about that we would love to talk to you guys about. So please go on Twitter. At BS Gamers Podcast and talk to us. But Quinn, I got to ask, what is something even more important than talking to us? What is the most
1: important than talking to Chase or I is leaving us a review on the podcast platform of your choosing Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, and many more. Overcast. <laughs> anywhere you listen to a podcast if you leave us a review it really helps us out i'm not joking i know i'm joking about it but i'm not joking it really helps us out gives us feedback if you have if you plan to leave a review please leave us a little description about things that we're doing well maybe things we can do better if you have a long list of things we can do better we would appreciate that you don't leave a naked review and you go over to twitter at bs gamers podcast and yeah. leave your or, comments and critiques there
0: guys leave a five-star review and then make it as bad as possible. Like, Oh, this podcast needs to do this many things like a fuck ton of shit. But as long as it's five star review, we will still okay. read it. <laughs> and, and we will. Chase learn is it. a, is a little bit of
1: a gold digger is what he is. He's a five star <laughs> gold digger.
0: If you could leave a six star review, I would take it. Right. We could be so the first in the world. On, support our Patreon people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you were from Dubai, leave a six star review. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. See you soon.